Today is Sunday. It's the birthday of the Marash. And as is our custom, with Hashem's help, on Sunday nights we learn Ashtikaleh from the parish. The um, parish of this week is two parishes together, Achre Kedoshim, Achre Mez Kedoshim. And as the Rebbe always points out, that when you have two parishes together, it's not the Pshat you have two parishes. You have one greater parish. The two parishes become one. Vaharaya, the Taliyah of Revi starts in one parish and finishes in the next parish. It's not like it's divided separately between the Aliyahs. It's one. Achrei Mois Kedoshim. When they're together, they become a new Mitzias. That's why the Rebbe loves to talk always about the names of the parishes and to learn Remez. There's a hint in the name and so forth and so on. So the Pasuk we're going to be talking about is the Pasuk V'chai Bahem. V'chai Bahem means you're supposed to live with Yiddishkeit. That's what it means. We're going to see it in Mitzvah Hashem. With the Ebesh we're going to see it inside. But let me first say this, B'Kitzir. The bulk of Pashas Achrei Mois is three discussions. The first discussion is about the Yom Kippur. All the Mitzvah of Yom Kippur is in our mind. Achrei Mois, Shnei B'nei Aaron. V'yemir Adeshem, Omeish Adabir Al-Aaron, Nechich, V'yavim, V'chaleis, Al-Akedish, B'zeis, Yavayarin. The beginning of Pasha's Achrei, till Shlishi maybe, or the V, talks about the Avedis of the King of Yom Kippur. And then you have a series of mitzvahs about eating meat, that you're not allowed to eat blood, that you have, in the Mishkan you're not allowed to eat meat except if you brought it to the base Hamikdash, it's in the Mishkan, and in Eretz Yisrael, if you prepare the carbon, you have to bring it to the base Hamikdash. In other words, this is an interesting halacha. In the Midbar, in the desert, you're not allowed to shecht and eat meat. Except if you made a karm. If you shecht and you ate meat, it was considered a chutzpah, and you were punished for it. Because everybody was so close to the Beis HaMikdash, the Ebesha says, if you're going to allow yourself a luxury and eat meat, make it into a zevach, a karm. When you make it into a karm, you anyways eat most of the meat. Right? The only part that goes to the Mizbeach is the inedible part. The kohen gets the chaz of a sheik. You get to eat the the vast majority of the animal. Anyway, in the Midbar, the Eivishta wanted that any person who brings a carbon eats meat should bring it to the Beis HaMikdash. The Rambam says that in the Midbar you are allowed to eat meat outside the Beis HaMikdash, but through Nechira. You know what that means? Through suffocation. In the Midbar, if you wanted to shecht and eat meat, you had to bring a carbon. If you, if you prepared to eat meat, not Yishochtane, through Nechira, then it was permitted. Now, of course, in Nechira is treif, it's a nevela. And... Um, you don't have to bring every... You want to eat meat, you can eat meat in your own home. Because Yidna are much, much more spread out all over Eretz Yisrael. You can't expect a Jew to come to Eretz Yisrael and want to eat a steak dinner. <laughs> so you can eat meat. But there's a separate mitzvah that in Eretz Yisrael, if you designate an animal as a carbon and you don't bring it to the Beis HaMikdash, so there's a punishment for that as well. So the, again, the first discussion in the Pasha is about Pes, Yom Kippur. And the second discussion in the Pasha is really about Shechit. It's halachas of eating meat and Fashid in a ancillary dinim about blood and other things not allowed to eat blood you have to cover the blood and so on the third discussion in our past is about Gilead Oyes about the immorality not to live like an animal that's what the discussion is about that's pretty much Pasha's Achri Mois which is actually the longer Pasha Kedoshim is a shorter Pasha it's only Samach Dalet Psukim and 64 Psukim but Kedoshim is one of those Pashas that every Pasuk is another mitzvah <laughs> literally the second half of the Pasha Kedoshim Repeats a second time all the halachas of Gilad Again, two pashas in a row. But the first part of Kedoshim, almost every pasuk is a different mitzvah. But Achrei Mois, the entire pasha Achrei has three parts. 
It starts off with Yom Kippur, it continues with meat and karbanis, and it finishes off with Allah Chassad In the parsha, as Hashem is telling Moshe, and Moshe is telling the Yidin, about the Yarm of Gilead, this is an introduction. And the introduction to this parsha begins on page one of your sheet. And we're going to read the introduction. We're not going to read the Allah of Arayas, the Allah of Immorality. They're very long and complicated and technical and tedious. But the introduction is interesting. Hashem tells Meshach Rabbeinu Layman, they should tell the Yid. David Yisrael, tell the Jewish people, and you should tell them. So there's an al-sheikh, which we're not going to have time to get to later. So he says, why does it say, Vaydabir, Leymir, Dabir, Viyamalta? So the al-sheikh writes that Hashem says to Meshach Rabbeinu, I don't want you to speak to the Yidin as if you're repeating my words. Hashem said, I want you to repeat to the Yidin as if you're the Yibishter. I said, because since the halachas are so serious, Viyamalta, Leymir, I want you to talk to them in first person as if you're representing the Yibishter. What should you tell them? I am God, you're God, and everybody knows what this means. Hashem gives reward, and Hashem punishes, and so on. And the poster continues. Like the lifestyle of the Egyptians from whose land, whose land you're coming. You shouldn't do. Like the actions of the people of the Canaan, where you're going to, you shouldn't do that either. So Hashem says to Meshe, to tell Yidin, I don't want you to learn from Mokayim Moiladetem, from the place where you were born, and I don't want you to learn from Mokayim Hizyashvusechem, the place where you're going to settle. Don't learn from Egypt, and don't learn from Canaan. And the Mephashim, of course, struggle about the differences between the Klippas of Mitzrayim and Canaan. What the Rashi says is the land, the land where Jewish people lived is the most corrupt place in the world, the most immoral place in the world. So they're coming from its time, they're going to Canaan. So amongst all the nations of the world, this is where you have the epitome of immorality. And Abish is warning them, you shouldn't go in their laws. Which is almost the same thing twice. As Mishpataitasu, you should do my judgments. And my edicts you should guard. To walk in them. I am God, you're God. You should guard my edicts. My judgments. Which a man does. So it's mamish the same posik, just forward and backwards. And a yid lives in Tayden Mitzvahs. And then it says, Ani Avaya, I am God. That's how Pasuk Hay finishes. Pasuk Vav begins to discuss the actual Arayas, the halachas of immorality, who you're allowed to marry, who you're not allowed to marry, and so forth. We are just reading the introduction. Now the issue that's concerned of concern to us is Pasuk Dalad and Hay. Like I said to you, when I started to prepare this class, I decided to do B'chai Behem, but I wasn't sure if I would find in Hasidus, a Hezbet Apiplimis Hanyam in Hasidus, in the pages 12, 13, and 14, Vachaybehem is a very, very famous thing. Vachaybehem, everybody knows. These two words, you should practice Judaism and live in them. What's the simplest translation of the words Vachaybehem? Vachaybehem, Vachaybehem, Torah in Judaism does not celebrate martyrdom. We're not into suicide, we're not into religious deaths. There is a Ninyan in Yiddishkeit of Mesiris Nevesh, Al Kiddish Hashem. But the Tayyid says, 
And the Gemara learns from this, I'm going to show this Gemara to you in one minute, that Apitera Yid has to know that Yiddishkeit is for a living. And that's why the din is, that if there's a maimed the matzav of pekuach nefesh, a person's life is in danger. And even if it's a suffix pekuach nefesh, and a sake, the smallest, most remote possibility that there's still a life that can be changed, saved. Even if that life could be saved for chayisha, a building collapses on a Shabbos. You don't say, well, the people must have died. You dig up that earth to find the person alive, even if after you find that person, he's going to live for five more minutes. There's no cheshboinus. Pekuach nefesh, there's no tater when it comes to pekuach nefesh. And the reason for this is, v'chai bahem, and the Lashon of the Chazal, which the Yerashi, the Al-Tarebbe brings the Shekhmarach, from the Gemara, chalei l'alav Shabbos, achaz kadei sheyishma Shabbos asarbe, desecrate one Shabbos, so you should keep many Shabbos. This is the essence of Judaism. Judaism believes in life. And we learn it from these two words, v'chai bahem. So I planned, I'm going to talk on these two words, v'chai bahem. You should keep Yiddishkeit, because when a Yid does Yiddishkeit, v'chai bahem, medem lepted, this gives him life. What I want to do first, is show you this Maimon Chazal, which in your stack, I think it's on page 5. There's a Teras Kehanim, which is on page 4. I was, I was originally planning to teach you the Safra, the Teras Kehanim. I decided against it, because the Halacha is not like the Teras Kehanim. So we are going to read page 5, you see the number 1, you see it? We're going to read page 5, number 1. V'chai bohem, that when it comes to Yiddish, Yiddish is supposed to live, Zagdi Gemara, Omar, Rabbi Yechanan, Mishum, Rabbi Shimon ben Yitzadak, the great sage, Rabbi Yechanan said the name of Shimon ben Yitzadak. Nimnu vegomru baliyas beis nitze, belud. A debate was had, and heads were counted in the house of Nitze, in the city of Lud, belud. And they paskened as follows. Kol aveda shebeteira, any aveda in the teira. You tell a person, sin, transgress, because otherwise you will be killed. You should do the Aved and not be killed. Parenthesis. It says you should live with Yiddishkeit. You're not supposed to die for Yiddishkeit. So if a guy comes to you and says, either you do this sin or I'm going to kill you, you're to do this sin. Now the Rambam has what's called the Geras Hashmad, which I once learned with you. It was an opportunity. What the Rambam brings over there, he also discusses in Hilchas Yisrael Tera Perik Hey, five Madreges in Yifim Mesiris Nefesh Hakidosh Hashem. There's five levels of Mesiris Nefesh Hakidosh Hashem. One of the issues is the difference between Parhesia and Sine. If someone's asking you to do an Aveda privately versus publicly, because when it's public, there's a question of Chilol Hashem. There's different halachas, and there's also a difference between. Shmad and Teyoven. Which means that the guy wants you to do the Aveda because he wants you... He's trying to defy Judaism. He's trying to make a mockery out of Judaism. Which is called Chasa Shmad, the time of forced conversions. Versus the Teyoven. The guy has an interest. He wants you to eat today because he's going to get something from it. Well, he doesn't really want to defy Judaism. He just needs you to do something for him. And it's against the Teyoven. So there's different halachas. And finally, there's also a difference between the three cardinal sins and the remaining sins. Idolatry, adultery, and murder. So it all adds up, all of these differences, private and public, leteyovin and lahachis, but he wants to do it, to pun it, to make a joke of Judaism where he has an interest, and the three primary Avedas, into five madregis, I just want you to know that the din is, that if a Jew is forced to do an Aveda, 
and he does it to save his life, even if it's idolatry, adultery, and murder, which you're not allowed to do, there's no punishment. Because he was forced. He should have been Mason Efe. He should have given his life, but you cannot hold him accountable in a court of law because he wasn't coerced. He was forced. Chutz, the exception is, I don't worship immorality, adultery, and murder. And those three things, if a Jew is told, either you worship idols or I'll kill you, a Jew is to be to Mason Efe, I'll kill the Now, this safra, the Teras Keinim, which is on page 4 of your stack, in the second column, actually brings an opinion. I'm not reading with you inside, but he's going to quote him. Actually brings an opinion that even for Avedazara you should rather transgress. He says you should never die for any mitzvah. You should even, trans- you should even worship idols rather than die. A Jew should not worship idols to keep himself alive. Vatani we learned in the Brisa, and this Brisa is the Safra from the previous page. Omer Rabbi Shmuel says, Rabbi Shmuel, Minayin, how do we know? Sheim and Omer Leliyadim, they tell a person, Naveid, Naveid, Yechavim, worship idols, Valtehodik, not to be killed. Minayin, Sheyavir, Vaal Yehodik, a person should transgress rather than be killed. So the answer is Talmud Leimer, Vachai Behem, Valeshi Yomazber. That a person is supposed to live with Judaism and not die with Judaism, even if it's going to cause him to worship idols. And he continues. Would this halacha be true even if it's public and other people are watching you? Because there could be an inya from Chilol Hashem, the desecration of the Abish's name. You're not allowed to make a Chilol Hashem, and you have to make a Kiddush Hashem. And if it's a public environment, then you have to make a Nefesh Ravidizara. When it's in public, it's a Chilol Hashem. And if it's Sarech, like Kaddish Hashem, you have to sanctify God's name. Which is Mestama also a quote from Rashi. So the Rebbe, the Gemara brings a contradiction. Our Braise holds, Rabbi Echanan says, Rabbi Shimon ben that for idolatry, adultery, and murder, you have to die. And Rabbi Shmuel says, even for idolatry, you should, you should worship idol rather than die, at least when it's in private. And for the Gemara, Inu the Omak Rabbi Lazar, our Braise holds like Rabbi Lazar, Rabbi Zagotl. Which means, it is an argument amongst the rabbis. Some rabbis hold, and this is not the halacha, that v'chai behem is almost universal. The idea that Judaism is a religion of life, and not a religion of death. And therefore a Jew should rather sin than lose his life, according to one opinion, is even to worship idols. The only thing you have to give your life for is worshipping idols in public because of the question of Chilol Hashem. The b'raiseh which we bring, which is the halacha is, that for idolatry, adultery, and murder, person is b'mchoyv to b'meis nefesh al-kiddush Hashem. Otherwise, you're not allowed to b'meis nefesh. The person is supposed to live. And by the way, it's even gilarois, it's not so poshet. They bring rayas from Esther and so forth. A person, Judaism is a religion that believes in life, not in death. So in almost every mitzvah, and in many, many cases, do the sin and remain alive. This is the pshat of the words of Bahem. So I, I wanted to discuss this inyan, this idea, because it's compelling. First of all, it's important to hear. It's, it's interesting. And it's one of the most important akudas. In Yiddishkeit, the idea of Achai Bahem, Yiddishkeit is a religion that believes in life. So I, this is what we decided to do. Then I started to look up the Mepharshim. And the Mepharshim don't really talk about this. This is the halacha. What I just told you was the law. In Shulchan Aruch, they bring v'chai b'hem v'leishyam But the pashtonim, the commentaries on the psukim, um, discuss pshat of the pasuk. 
So we're gonna. So now that I told you the simple the halachic pshat and v'chayim, let's go back and let's visit what the mafarshim say. So let me go back to pages one and two, and I'll show you the questions which are the foundation. I'm sorry, pages two and three, and I'll tell you the questions which are the basis for today's class. And I want you to look at pasuk dalid and pasuk hey, okay? Because it's almost the same pasuk twice. Pasuk Dalit says, "As mishpatai tasu, you should do my judgments. As chokaytai tishmin on my edict, you should guard the lachas b'hem to walk with them. Ani Hashem lekechem, so says God, your God. What does pasuk Hay says? Ushmartem as chokaytai, you should guard my edicts. As mishpatai my judgments, ashiyasa eitem or other which man should do. Vachai b'hem and he should live in them. Ani Hashem, I am God. So it's mamish the same words. The message seems." Two psukim in succession are saying the same thing twice. I saw one of the Mepharshim who says, the first Pasuk is continuing from the Pasha before about not eating blood. And the second Pasuk is an introduction to the next Sugya, which is about the Yom of Gilead Reis. One of the Mepharshim actually says, two psukim in succession would say almost the same words. What are the differences? In the first Pasuk it says, Mishpatim first and then Chukim. In the second Pasuk it says, Chukim first and then Mishpatim. In the first Pasuk it says, Lalech Esbahem. In the second pasuk it says Ashyasa Eisam Ha'adam Vachai Bahem. In the first pasuk it says Ani Hashem and it adds the word Elikechem. In the second pasuk it only says Ani Hashem. It doesn't say Elikechem. I think that's four questions. But believe me, you can have fourteen without blinking. The psukim are almost identical. We have a few differences, and the mafashim are all struggling. Why does the Teda tell us the same thing two times in two successive psukim? And what are the differences based on the nuances of the form between the two? Texts. Okay, so let's go over this one more time. In Pasuk Dalad, Mishpatim is before Chukim, and in Pasuk Hey, Chukim is before Mishpatim. But notice that by Mishpatim it says Asiyah, and by Chukim it says Shmira in both Psukim. In the first Pasuk it says Lalachas Bohem, in the second Pasuk it says Yasa Eisem Ha'adam Vechai Bohem, walking with them versus living with them. And the fourth difference is that in the first Pasuk it says Ani Hashem Alekechem, but the extra word Alekechem. And the second post, look, it says only Ani Hashem. So let's begin with, with this Drasag. Drasag is on page 2 on the right. Ushmatem v'goyimim, you should do the mitzvahs. V'chai bahem, and they'll give you life. What are the meaning of the words v'chai bahem? So I just told you the halacha. That v'chai bahem means that you should live with Judaism and not die with Judaism. Says Asag, what does v'chai bahem mean? Al-kein shimru chukesim. This is why you should guard my edicts. U'mishpatai, do my mitzvahs. The reward of all people who will do the mitzvahs is will live forever. So what is Rabbi Sadi Gon saying? And I want you all to know that Rabbi Sadi Gon wrote a commentary on, on Teda we don't have. He wrote two commentaries on Teda, a short one and a long one. The long one is a comprehensive commentary. The short one is really a translation of words, targum. Here, Absag was generous enough to give us two whole lines of information. What's Absag Yagon asking? Absag Yagon answering. Absag Yagon is asking the question we have, why would the tailor say the same thing two times? And his answer is very simple. Pasig tells you what to do. And Pasig Hay tells you what you're going to get for it. Pasig Dalit says, you should be from... And Pasuk Hay says, if you will be from, you'll live forever. 
What does you'll live forever mean? You'll live together in Elam Habo, Chayim Nitzchim. This doesn't mean physical life, it means spiritual life, afterlife. Ani Hashem. I am God, says Asag, that since I live forever, I can promise you eternal life. So how does Asag translate the words Vachai Bahem? Schar. If you will be religious, you'll have schar. What's the schar you're going to get for being from? You're going to have eternal life. This is Rasak. Rashi. Rashi is on the left, also on the top, by the first arrow. And Rashi um, has words on both psukim. So I'm doing two arrows. Please follow with me, and if you're not sure where I'm holding, indicate. Here. The first thing is right over here, on page two. The first arrow on the left. As mishpatai tas, you should do my judgment, says Rashi. What is the meaning of the word mishpatim? Eilu dvarim amurim beteda bemishpat. This means parts of teda which are set completely reasonably, mishpatim, reasonable laws. She'ilu le'nemru had the teda, not given them, how you could ayla omen, it would be appropriate for them to be spoken. So as mishpatai tas, means you should do the reasonable mitzvahs. Then it says, V'as chukai saitish. What is the meaning of the word chuka? Translates Rashi. Dvarim shengzedes hamelech, things which are divine decrees. She yitzhara meishav aleihen lama lano l'sham. Yitzhara complains, why are you wasting your time with paraduma, with shatnes, with abchar chazir, and so forth? So mishpatai means reasonable mitzvahs you should do. Chukaisai unreasonable mitzvahs you should guard. This is pasuk talad. What about pasuk hey? Pasuk hey repeats the same thing twice. You should guard the edicts, the chukaim, and you should. Do the mishpatim, says Rashi. Ushmatim is chukaisai v'gaymer. Why is it written a second time? Leravis, it's hinting to shar degduki ha'parsha. Other nuances in the parsha shaloi piret hakasov b'hem, which are not explicit in the pasuk. I'm on page three now, at the top on the left. Dover achir. Alternatively, litein shmira v'asiyah luchukim v'shmira v'asiyah l'mishpatim. There's two types of mitzvahs: mishpatim and chukim. Right? Mishpatim means reasonable laws. And chukah means unreasonable laws. You grew up and you were brainwashed with the idea that there's three types of mitzvahs, right? Eight is chukah and mishpatim. Witnesses, judgments, and edicts. But if I'm not mistaken, the first addition to bring three categories of mitzvahs is the Ramban. For sure, Rambam and Asak have only two types of mitzvahs. Sichliyes and Shemiyes, they call them. Sichliyes means reasonable mitzvahs, and Shemiyes means mitzvahs that you do because you've been commanded. So there's two types of mitzvahs. Chukim means unreasonable laws, and Mishpata means reasonable laws. And there's two expressions, to do and to guard. What does to do mean? Do the right thing. What does to guard mean? Don't do the wrong thing. In other words, doing is mitzvah say, and guarding is mitzvah laces. And so the Torah says the same thing two times. Litein shmira v'asiyah lechukim, that you shouldn't do unreasonable laws, and you should keep the unreasonable laws. And shmira v'asiyah mishpat, and that the reasonable laws you should also guard, and you should also keep. The problem is, if you look at the Pasuk, what does it say in Pasuk Dalit? As mishpatai ta'asu, as chukaisai tishmeru. In Pasuk Hez, it's a shmatam as chukaisai. If, as Rashi is saying, that the Tater repeats it twice to teach us shmir and asiyah for each, it should say, as mishpatai ta'asu, as chukaisai tishmeru. And the next Pasuk should say, vasisem as chukaisai, ushmatam as mishpatai. It says the same thing twice. And the only way to explain it, of course, is that when you have the same thing twice, and you don't need it, so you shift it around. Whenever you have the tater repeats the same thing two times, and the second time is unnecessary, you say, why does the tater say it twice? It's hinting on the opposites. Bottom line is, there are two types of mitzvahs, reasonable mitzvahs and unreasonable mitzvahs, 
Rashi says the Tater repeats itself twice to teach us that both of these categories of mitzvahs have Asiyah and Shemitah. They have to be kept and guarded. And we continue. Next, third line in Rashi, says Rashi, you should live for them in Elam Haba, like Reb Sadiagon says, Shem Teimah Be'elam if Vachai Behem means in this world, nobody lives forever. You tell a Jew, you do mitzvahs, you're going to live. If you do mitzvahs, you'll live for a while, you're eventually going to die. That's not called Vachai Behem. Therefore, Rashi holds like Rasag, that Vachai Behem means you'll live in Elam Haba. So Rashi agrees with Sadia God that Vachai Behem leans in Elam Haba. Ani Hashem says Rashi, I am reliable, I am responsible, and predictable. If I make a commitment, if I make a promise, I keep it. Okay, so if I had to tell you the difference between Rasag and Rashi, is Rasag holds that the second Pasuk is the Schar of the first Pasuk, the Rashi holds because the Psukim complement one another, but they both agree that what is the Schar of the words, V'chai bohem Elam Haba. The next thing on your syllabus, which is of course on page 1, there's a Rashbam. The Rashbam says the same thing as Sag and Rashi, which is on page 2 on the right. He says, V'chai bohem. You'll live in mitzvahs. Avalam lo yasef. You're not going to keep mitzvahs v'nichresu. Chatzram, we're going to be cut off. And cut off doesn't mean we're going to die. In this lifetime, cut off means we're not going to live forever. Eternal life for Neshav Yisrael, according to the Shita of the Rambam, is only people who keep Tehran mitzvahs. Okay, next. Eben Ezra. Now, Eben Ezra is hard to figure out what he's saying. He adds another thing. If you will learn Tehran and do mitzvahs, you'll be a good Jew, you're going to be rewarded, Right? Do you see Ebenezer? It's on page 2 on the left, the last arrow that I made. To teach us, flip over the page, life, to those who do them, in both worlds. Somebody who understands the secret. The one who gives life to the world, meaning the Ebishter will give us life, the person is never going to die. And I'll Cain cost of therefore the Tater says, and he had the Pirashti. Okay, so what does the Ebenezer hold? You should keep mitzvahs, and you'll live forever in both worlds. What's the deal you'll keep mitzvahs and you'll live forever in both worlds? We're not sure. Rashi and Absad Yagon said, You'll keep mitzvahs, you'll have a reward only in the other world. Why? Because in this world you don't live forever. Evan Ezra says, no, 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 no. Shmartem is mutzmeisai v'asisem. Shmartem is chukesai v'asmishpatai. Ashiasa eisem adam v'chai bahem. If you'll keep tayna mitzvahs, you'll live in both worlds. What does that mean? I don't know. But I'll tell you what I think. And let me tell you what I think about what Evan Ezra means is not very useful. I think Ebenezer is saying like this. There are mitzvahs we can understand and mitzvahs we cannot understand. A mitzvah we don't understand, we cannot be rewarded now. We can only be rewarded in the other world where we will understand it. But mitzvahs that we do understand, the reward for doing, the mitzvah is our ability to understand it. So in Pasuk Dalet, he says you should keep mitzvahs. And in Pasuk he says, You should guard the chukim, and for that you're going to get life in the other world. There's mishpatai and the mitzvahs which are reasonable. In this world as well. Read the words of Ebenezer a second time. 
Okay? Levai to teach us Hashem Chayim Leiseyem B'Shnei It's life for those who do in both worlds. Ki Hamevin Saida. If you understand the mystery, the Eibush that will make you live forever. And I think that Emes is if you understand the mystery, you're living now, and you'll also live forever. And that's the Emes of Shnei Elamis. So what does the Evanezer add to the Sagan Rashi and Nashbam that Vachai Bohem also means Schad? But the schar of Achai Bahem is not only life in El Mabo, it means now too. You're living now as well. And then we get to the Ramban. And the Ramban, uh, what would you call it? A watershed, yeah? The Ramban is all you need. You learn the Ramban on this Pasuk. You learn the Ramban on this Pasuk, you have as much material as you need. The Rabbeinu Bechaye, which I copied on page 5, page 6. I actually contemplate not bothering to copy him because 80% of what he does is quotes Ramban word for word. I copied Rabbeinu B'chayah because of the other 20%. But the Ramban says a lot on this. And like I told you, the Ramban is on page 2. And the Ramban says like this. It says in the Teireh, You should guard my edicts, and my judgments, that a person should do v'chayah b'hem, and he should live with them. So first the Ramban quotes Rashi. And then he says, the second line from the top on page 3, and this is the meaning of what the Tater said, you should do the mitzvahs and live in them. Now please listen carefully, okay? Rashi, the Sag, and Rashbam all said, what does V'chai Behem mean? Only Oilam Habo. What did Ebenezer say? That V'chai Behem means both worlds. Says the Ramban, V'chai Behem only Oilam Hazeh. Only here. Why? Because Ganeid is a different kind of life. V'chai bahem, you should live here. V'chai bahem, l'kach yeima. So look at the Pasuk first inside. Pasuk hey. U'shmatam et chokhezi, you should guard your unreasonable mitzvahs. And then it says, v'es mishpatai, and the reasonable mitzvahs, ashyasa eisam ha'odam, people do them v'chai bahem, and it gives them life. Translates to Ramban, ashyasa eisam ha'odam, normal civilizations have laws so they could live. That's how he translates the words. Unreasonable mitzvahs, the first three words of Pasuk Hei, but the words means the laws that civilization does as reasonable people so they could live civilly. You understand? So the Ramban says exactly the opposite of all the commentaries we just read. V'chai Bahem means live here in this world. V'chai Bahem, back to page 3 now, Kehadinim, because the reasonable laws, Nitnu were given, Lechayi Ha'odam B'yishef HaMedinis, for the lives of people in establishing civilizations, U'b'shleim Ha'odam, and there should be peace in the human home. V'shal Yazik Ishes people shouldn't hurt each other, V'layim Yisena, they shouldn't kill each other, and so forth. So the Ramban says a very nice pshat. Unreasonable laws, Aschar Nilam Haba. Reasonable laws, Vachai Bahem. Reasonable laws were given by the Abishta, so we should live like the Tayo Barah, Lashev Asitzada, we should live civilly. That's all. So Vachai Bahem means you should live. We have raised three possibilities what it could mean. Only Elam Haba, only Elam Haza, and a combination of both. Now, Vrabi Seinu Amru, I skipped a little. Our rabbi said, and I showed you the inside. You're supposed to live with Judaism and not die with Judaism. You're allowed to push away Shabbos. 
You're allowed to push away almost every mitzvah to save a life. And this is the principle, the essence of Judaism. We don't believe in martyrdom, we don't believe in death, we believe in life. Medrash, the Medrash says, They should live in the, the world to come. And this is a quote from Rashi. People eventually die, so the can't mean. So the Ramban, you see what he does, he brings everybody. And now the Ramban goes into a very, very interesting idea. What's the idea that he brings? But listen carefully, and I'll try to make this as concise and as direct as possible. Ramban holds that Vachai Bahem means, first of all, you should live in a normal life in this world. Then he brings a second pshat, and Vachai Bahem means schar. So the Ramban says there are four categories of schar. Listen to the Ramban. Four categories of schar. Veda and you should know. Ki the way a person lives and is rewarded for mitzvahs is kifiyach amnaseh laham, depends on his measure of preparedness to them. Number one, if you do mitzvahs, not for their own sake, but rather almanas lakabal pass to be rewarded, you'll get schar in this world. For being a good Jew, for the sake of reward, you'll be rewarded with material benefits. Which is called Be'eshir, or Ben'chassim, Be'chavad, wealth and possessions and honor. On the left side of the Ebeshit is Eishir, Be'chavad, wealth and honor. Now go down to number two. V'chein, in addition. Those people doing mitzvahs, and they want reward, but they don't want material reward. But they want Al-Manaz, Liskez, Be'hen, Le'elam, Abot, Ha'velam, Haba, which the Ramam holds, which is why we live in this world, Amnaz. They serve God out of fear. What does that mean? That they want to be rewarded in Elam Habam. They merit their Kavana. For not being punished by the Shoyim. They have a good life. That means in practical words, if you do mitzvahs for reward, whether it's physical reward, or even if you're aspiring, for spiritual reward, you will get a reward for it, but it will be a world in this life. And as such, a good physical life. Number three, those who serve Hashem out of love, they're doing Yiddishkeit properly, and their whole kavan is to serve Hashem, but they don't want to be reclusive, they don't want to be martyrs, so they live a normal physical life, and they also serve their Ebishter. If you do Tayden Mitzvah and you're living a normal physical life, you're taking care of yourself, but you live to love God, you'll have reward in both worlds. In this world, you'll have material reward, and in the other world, you'll have spiritual reward. But then comes number four. If there are people who totally abandon the physical world, they don't look at it at all. They want to be so pious, so exclusively focused on the Shemesh, like they have no body. And the only thing they think about is their Creator. Like, for example, like Eliyahu Anavi. Says he, they will live forever bodily and spiritually. 
In other words, like this. If you serve Hashem for the sake of serving the Eid so you'll have material reward here and spiritual reward over there. But if you sacrifice your physical life completely to serve Hashem, you won't die. The goof lives forever in Ganeidin, Elam Hava, without an interruption of death, like Eliyahu and so Vachai Bahem means you get a schar for Yiddishkeit, and the Vachai Bahem is dependent upon the Ashayasa Haisan Vachai Bahem. What's the spirit of my mitzvahs? If I am doing Tated mitzvahs, just, if I am doing Tated mitzvahs, just for material reward, even for spiritual reward, I'm going to get physical blessing. If I'm doing it for the Abishta, but I'm also being normal, so I'll have reward, spiritual reward there, material reward here. And if I live like a Yohan Navi, I'm not going to die. Like a Yohan Navi, never die. The goof lives forever. This is what he says. And Grad, I saw one of the other Mepharshim, the Shachal Ateda writes, he says, how come it is that Sadiqim, when the Neshama leaves the goof, the body does not decompose? He says, because the person created his own Metzias. Yasa Oisim, a person does them, Ha'adam, and he creates his own person. V'chai Bahem, so the goof lives forever. They touch the Shachal Ateda. When you do all the mitzvahs, you fortify your whole goof. And to fortify the whole goof, there's no death. The body, the neshama may leave the goof. And the person, the goof lives on indefinitely. So this is a Ramban. First of all, the Ramban touches Vachai Behem means physically, like a normal person. And then according to the opinion that Vachai Behem means schar, he says, you are rewarded according to the quality of your Yiddishkeit. And the highest madrig of reward is not, you have both spiritual and material rewards. There's no separation. The neshama lives in the goof forever. This is the Ramban. Now there's Rabbeinu Bechaya. Rabbeinu Bechaya is on page 6. Now the Rabbeinu Bechaya quotes the Ramban word for word. Again, Semais. Which means you get to read three lines and say, I read the whole Rabbeinu Bechaya. Because <laughs> the Ramban we already did. So I want you to look on the left. Page 6 on the left. Four lines from the top of the page where it says, Oid Motsinu Arbo Aminichayim. You see it? You see it? We just discussed... Chayim, life, as a reward. And there's four rewards. Gashmi is like a reward, Ruchni is like a reward, a combination, and, a, and a no separation whatsoever. Gashmi and Ruchni are the same. Says the Rabbeinu Bechaya, and all, this is all included in the words Vachai Bahem. Vachai Bahem means you should live, and Vachai Bahem means you will live. You should live as the avoid of a person, Vachai Bahem is the schar of the person. Says the Ramban that when it comes to life, there's four possibilities. The first one is the normal life of regular people. They live for a duration, for a period of time. The neshama stays in the guf, and they remain healthy, and their lives remain normal, and they're not afraid. So they live one kind of life is a life of an average person. It's not too hot and not too cold. It's not too big. It's not too small. One person's life is a normal life. Hasheni, second one is Life after sickness or after what's called a near-death experience. The person almost died and came back. He also alive. But you cannot compare the life of a person who was healthy throughout to a person who once looked the Malachamavas in the eyes and defied him and came back. It's a whole different kind of a chaybem. Another sort of Hashlishi, it's circled. You see it. Chayim shal slicha, life of a penitent, of a person who's doing tshuva. That after Yaisa Hirosha, he was a sinner. Shuchashak mes, which is the equivalent of death. The kivet shachazav tshuva. Now that he did tshuva, he's alive. So you have life 
of a healthy person, a life of a person who was sick, a life of a Baal which means, spiritually speaking, he died and he came back. And then there's the fourth kind of life. What's the fourth kind of life? after death. So what's the Rebbe saying? What's the Nabi Rebbe saying? But Pashas is saying like this, listen. There's four kinds of reward. All hinted in the words, V'chai Bahem. You should live with them. How does the words, V'chai Bahem, hint to this idea of, of uh, different kinds of schad? Because there's different ways of living. And according to the way we serve Hashem, we get a reward. But here the Rebbe says, the Rebbe Chai says, V'chai Bahem, there's four different ways of being a Jew. If you're from, and you practice Tehid and Mitzvahs, you could practice Tehid and Mitzvahs like a healthy person. You could practice Tehid and Mitzvahs like a person who was ill and recovered. You could practice Tehid and Mitzvahs like a person who almost died and came back. And you could practice Tehid and Mitzvahs like a person who died and was reborn. And these are four Madreges in Yiddishkeit. Right? The Tzaddik was always healthy. The Benyani is vulnerable. He was sick, but he survived. The Rasha, almost, in other words, he was... Theoretically, like dead, and he had to be brought back. And I guess the perfect Russia died and he was resurrected. So the so Rabbeinu Bachai tells us, V'chai Baham, you should live as a Jew. How should you live? It depends on the kind of person you are. And there are four different levels of living as a Jew. So, in addition to V'chai Baham, meaning four types of schad, V'chai Baham means four kinds of Jews. You know, like Chacham, Rosh, Tom, Shenidi, Alishal, Sefir, Sart, Yidin. I'm reminded of what you have in the Rebbe Siches. About Zov, Kesef, and Nechayshesh. Remember, gold, silver, and copper. What's gold, silver, and copper? They're giving to the Beis HaMikdash. The person who gives gold is Zeh HaNesein Bori. A healthy person who gives. Kesef, silver, is Kishayesh Sachonas Pachad. You're healthy, but you're afraid. You're vulnerable, so you give to them. What's Nechayshesh? Nidvas Choyli, Choylesh Omatnu. A person is ill, he says, have Rachmanus on me and give charity on my behalf. But there's a fourth Madrege, a person who's dead, or is almost dead. He says, give tzedakah and bring me back to life. So the table says, v'chai bohem. Not only could the Zohov, the Tzadik, live in Yiddishkeit, the Beni could live in Yiddishkeit, and the Rosh could live in Yiddishkeit, and even the Rosh of Gomer could do tshuva and live in Yiddishkeit. V'chai bohem, no matter what kind of person you are, in Yiddishkeit there's room for you to be alive. This is what the Rabbeinu B'chaya adds to the Ramban. Now, the Ababinel we're going to skip. That's page 7. Page 8, there's a Al-Sheikh. The Al-Sheikh is quite elaborate. And there are several different versions to the Al-Sheikh. I want to read with you, Rabbi side, the bottom of the left, where I made my one. You see, I made one, so I wanted to remind myself what I wanted to do with you. So the Al-Sheikh says as follows, on the lower left, by the number one. Let's go back to the questions. Hold on to page 8 and go back to the first two pages, pages 2 and 3. What did, we, what did I show you on pages 2 and 3? That in Pasuk Dalid, it says, Mishpatim before Chukim, and in Pasuk Hei, it says, Chukim before Mishpatim, right? In Pasuk Dalid, it says, Lolechas Behem, and in Pasuk Hei, it says, Yasa Isa Hodem V'chai Behem. In Pasuk Dalid, it says, Ani Hashem Malikeichem, and in Pasuk Hei, it says, Ani Hashem. So what does the, the uh, Al-Sheikh say? They also hold that it's going on Sechad. The Al-Sheikh agrees with some of the Mepharshim we had before. That it's going on Sechad. What's the difference between Pasuk Hay and Pasuk Dalet? Pasuk Dalet is a person who's doing Avedis Hashem. Just for the Eibishter. And Pasuk Hay is a person who's serving Hashem. But they want something in return. 
So look at the bottom. If, I guess we should start from four lines from the bottom of the second column. He says, Start with easy in Yonam of Yiddishkeit and then you'll grow. So the first thing he says in Pasuk Dalit is, as Mishpatay do my reasonable laws. Then he goes up to a higher level, as Chukay Say Tishmeru. The mishpata means laws that are reasonable. Tasu, you should do them. However, when you're doing mishpatim, he says, You should do them because they're my laws. Not because they make sense to you. As mishpatai tasu translates the answer, yes. Mishpata means reasonable laws, but you should not do them because they're reasonable, you should do them because they're mine. Top of the last column, you should guard my edicts. Says he, not for the purposes of reward, just to walk in the ways of the Teda alone. Serving your master without the reason for the reward. So how do you read Pasuk Dalit? As Mishpatai Tasu, which means even mitzvahs that are reasonable, do them because I said. When laws which are not reasonable, you have to keep, because I said. And then it says, I am God. But then it adds the word of When you do Taira and Mitzvahs, without the desire of receiving reward, I am your personal God. Skip a few lines. Ah, however. The next passage, if you're going to keep the mitzvahs, for the purposes of reward, what's the reward? You should get life. Even eternal life. You live with them. In other words, the al Sheikh reads that the words means you are doing and mitzvahs for schad. So Pasuk Dalit means doing and mitzvahs for the sake of the Hebishter. And Lalach Hazbahem. Pasakeim is doing Tehidon Mitzvahs V'chaibem to get reward. So what does it say? Ani Hashem, I am God. It doesn't say Alekeichem because I'm not yours. So the al spin is Pasak Dal is saying a Yidu does Mitzvahs altruistically so the Abisha tells him Ani Hashem Alekeichem I'm your personal God. Pasakei is a person who's doing something with ulterior motivation for a schad. So Hashem is not going to give him a reward. Ani Hashem, I am your God but it doesn't say Alekeichem because since you want the reward Hashem is not your personal God. God. Did you understand what I just said? So according to this, the word Alekechem is an advantage. I am God, your God is a personal God. You flip over the package, and you see the Klayakar, and you guess that he says exactly the opposite. And that's what's so beautiful about the Mepharshim. <laughs> the same words are analyzed by different commentators, and they say exactly the opposite points. The, the, the Klayakar is very interesting. So you see, I made two arrows on page 9. Do you see them? There's two psukim that say the same thing twice. What's the difference? The first pasuk says mishpatim first and then chukim. The second pasuk says chukim first and then mishpatim. The first pasuk says lalachas behem. The second pasuk says v'chay behem. The first pasuk says ani Hashem elikechem. And the second pasuk says ani Hashem. Says the shikalyakar as follows. Kan in the first pasuk hikte mishpatim luchukim puts reasonable laws before unreasonable laws. The next pasuk is the opposite. First chukim and then mishpat. Says he, very simple. The first pasuk is talking about reward in this world. The Alshich said the first pasuk is talking about altruism. The Kliyakis said the first pasuk is not only talking about reward, it's talking about material reward. 
And that's why it says, Lalachas Pahem. You should be from Lalachas. What Lalachas means? To grow. Where is their growth? Now. In this world you grow. In Ganeidin and Amaba there's no growth. As Mishpatai Tasa. Keep Yiddishkeit to be rewarded in this world where you're actually growing. And then he says two lines later, Aval Ha'adam, Ha'adam is the beginning of a line, Nikina Mahalach, a person is always walking, but in Elam Haba you're still. He says in this world we grow, in Elam Haba we don't grow. Now go to the next paragraph. Omnom Bepasik Vachaibahem. In the second Pasik Vachaibahem, Shapirish Rashi Al Chayam Abad, Rashi goes in Elam Haba. Hafachasaydes, the other way around. Derech lezuavzu, we start with the higher thing. Because the first passage is talking about reward in this life, so he goes from the easier mitzvahs to harder mitzvahs. The second passage is talking about reward in Elam he goes from harder mitzvahs to easier, easier mitzvahs. Kibakiyah machukeh, and you do unreasonable mitzvahs, pshita shetiske you for sure have Elam Habo. Kimeacha she'enat amagish b'ti alasam, you don't know the reasons for them, and you do them anyway, the only reason you're doing mitzvahs you don't understand is for the sake of Hashem. Do what God commanded. And therefore, for chukim you're going to get reward. And then he says, When you do reasonable laws, which you can understand, you should know, you're already rewarded in this world, you should know you'll get reward in El Mahaba as well. And this is what he says. What does it say in the first pasuk? Ani Hashem Alekechem. What does it say in the second pasuk? Ani Hashem. Why? Alekechem is Lashon Dinim. The first pasuk is talking about Tzchar Gashmi. It says Ani Hashem Alekechem. The second pasuk is talking about Tzchar Ruchni. It says only Ani Hashem. So the Al Sheikh and the Kliyokar make the same observations and interpretly in a diametrically opposed way. Okay, and and if I'm not mistaken, the Erechayim, which is on page ten, says the same thing more or less. Erechayim Hakadosh. He brings, the first Pesach is called Eisemiyira, the second Pesach is Eisemiyava, and so forth. As is our custom, we have a Pasha class, and the whole point of the Pasha class is to, to put Mishpatsayis, to decorate a Maimir. When you learn Hasidus, and you want to truly appreciate the profundity, the beauty of Hasidus, you learn first the Mepharshim. Problem is, by the time we finish Mepharshim, the clock has beaten us. It's 8 o'clock. i got to go teach. The boys are waiting. So let me summarize what we did so far. First of all, the v'chai lehem, some say v'chai behem means pashat. You should live a normal life. But most of the mafashim say v'chai behem means you should receive reward. And the arguments are, what's the reward? Physical reward, material reward. That Amban says depends on how you serve Hashem. The Rabbeinu B'chaya adds, that in being a practicing Jew, you have to live. There's different kinds of life amongst practicing Jews and so forth. This is more or less a summary of what we have until now. Now we get to the Tzemach Tzedek's Maimir. Tzemach Tzedek's Maimir is really notes. It's on page 12, on the left, by the Aleph. It's in Megillah Sester God. It's, it's not even in Eretera in our Pasha. The piece of it is in Eretera in the Pasha, and he's Mitzayin Eretera in Megillah Sester. He, there's so much here, it's incredible. Because this is not a mimet, it's notes. It's five pages. It's the bottom half of page. Mem Aleph, all of Mem Beis, Mem Gimel, and then Mem Dalet. If this was written out, it would probably be 20 pages long. I mean, it's, it's so concise. It's so Nekudus, Nekudus. He brings so many, a whole bunch of different Pshetalach. Nekudus, Nekudus. 
So I, I'm going to tell you several things he says orally. On the bottom of page 12, in Sif Beis, he brings a Shalom, who says as follows, Ushmatem you should practice Tayyad Mitzvah, and you should live in them. Translates the Shalom Kaddish. You should keep mitzvahs practically. V'chaibahem means you should get life from mitzvahs. That means through mitzvahs you should be connected to the Yebishter. Dveikus remezes ha-mitzvahs. U'shmatem v'shukaisai v'shmishpatai v'shitasu U'shmatem v'shukaisai v'shmishpatai tasu v'shmishpatai ashayasa oisam ha'adam You should be from do the mitzvahs V'chaibahem, he tries to get life from mitzvahs. What's I get life from the mitzvahs? Don't just do the rituals. Get neshama. Get the ruchniyaz to get life from the mitzvahs as well. That's the first pshat that he says. And then he brings the pasuk. Neir mitzvah, v'teira eir, and derechayim techachas musa. And he says, Yiddishkeit has steps. The lowest level of the mitzvahs is doing them. Neir mitzvah. The highest level of the mitzvahs is understanding them. That's called v'teira eir. And the highest level of mitzvahs is Vedera Chaim Techachas Musa. He calls it understanding the say the secrets of the mitzvahs. Binima, which Bina, which are the shachas to Pnei Miyazati. So he says the pshat in this pasuk is you should be a practicing Jew and a living Jew. A living Jew doesn't mean he's breathing. The heart is pumping and the and the lungs are. Uh, breathing and everything is working. Living means life of Yiddishkeit. So you should keep mitzvahs and live. Live means you should live with the neshama, with the ruchnis, with the pnimis of Teirah Mitzvah. That's how he translates it. And on page 13, he brings you a few more points on this. And he says that v'chai bohem means that I'm not You have to be a living Jew. In other words, you have to do mitzvahs with simcha. That's how he translates it. You should be alive. You should be full of energy, full of vitality, full of life, and full of joy, and so forth. And we all know what the Gemara says. When you have joy, you can bring down the Shekhin as well. But then he gets to the Kabbalah. And allow me to explain what I mean when I say this. We really have two interpretations to the Pasuk. We really have two interpretations to the Pasuk. The first interpretation of the Pasuk is... Be a Jew, v'chai b'hem, and you'll live from Yiddishkeit. The second interpretation is, be a Jew, v'chai b'hem, and you'll receive reward for Yiddishkeit. Right? Those are the two interpretations. How do you say it, Alpi Chasidus? Number one, be a Jew, v'chai b'hem, and be a living Jew. Be a, a joyous Jew. Be a dynamic Jew. Be a Jew who understands the reasons and experiences the mysteries and the secrets of Yiddishkeit, and you'll live. That's the first. But there's another thing. And this other thing is very, very, very profound. And it's connected to the beginning of this week's Pasha, Pasha's Achrimais. What is Achrimais about? Pasha's Achrimais begins talking about Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur is the holiest day of the year. It's the most important day of the year. The symptom, the expression of this extraordinary uniqueness of Yom Kippur is that it's Yechida. One person, one day, one place. Only the Kayan Godel, only in Kay the Shakadashim, only on Yom Kippur. Zman, Mokim, but Elam Shara Nefesh. Everything about Yom Kippur is exclusive. If you look carefully in the Psukim, the exclusivity of Yom Kippur is 
compounded by the following. It says in the Tater that when this Yom Kippur goes into the Holy of Holies, on this, the holiest day of the year, he must go alone. Rambam brings, the Gemara says, Rambam brings, that the way they had to do the incense, the Ketetis, was very, very difficult, technically. The Kengon used to walk into the Beis HaMikdash holding the calf between his teeth. He didn't have enough hands. It was very complicated when he was doing the avoiding. So normally when a Koyan did Ketetis, somebody would help him. And after they had helped him, they would go out. And the person who did the incense did it alone. It's a very interesting thing. When you did Ketetis in the Beis HaMikdash, nobody was around. It was you and God. And the halacha was, not only was nobody allowed to be in the same room as you, nobody was allowed to be in the adjacent room, in the next room. So when they did, the avoided in the Beis HaMikdash, every day, the incense, so all the koyinim had to clear out of the hechel, of the Beis HaMikdash itself, and they also had to clear out of an area that's called Bein Ha'ulam Valamizbech. Everybody had to back away. Because Ketetis, you know what the word Ketetis means? Kesher, Ketetis means that you're just tying yourself in one with the Ebishter. It's you and God and nobody else. The fact was that to be realistic about it, a Koyen did Ketetis once in his entire life. Realistically, that's how it worked out. Because the halacha was that they had a pius, they had a lottery to pick the coin who did the Ketetis. And once you were in the lottery once, you were no longer allowed to be in the lottery unless every other koyin and your mishmar and your beisav did it already. And there's always new koyinim. So if you were zaycha, you did it once in your life. And that was it. Koyin Godl could do it anytime he wanted. That was one of the rights of the king Godl. He can come anytime he wants to do any service. And it doesn't matter who was chosen for it. He can overrule everything and everybody. Yom Kippur is his day. Just the king Godl. Everything. Soup to nuts. He didn't eat the soup and the nuts, but everything was done by the king Godl. Everything. Including Haram HaTzadeshin. Everything he did himself. Nobody could do anything. Yom Kippur is the Kayan's day. And it says, he walked into the Holy of Holies and he carried with him this very heavy pan with Gimel Soim of Gachelas. Gimel Soim, it's a lot. It's a lot of heavy hot coals. And the calf, the cup with the Ketetis on it, it was a whole series of steps that he had to do. He had to shovel the coal from the teni into the machvas, and then he had to sprinkle the potatoes on top of the machvas, and he would stand in the Holy of Holies until the whole room became filled with smoke. The cloud of the potatoes, which was like the cloud of the Ebishter, and after the room was filled with this cloud, the kisa nan ha-ketetis, the sakapetis, the kain godl would back out of the room. This was the avoid. Says the teda, no man is allowed to be in the temple of meeting, in the room of, in the tent of meeting, in the tabernacle. When the Kohen God went to atone in the Holy of Holies, at says until he went out. He was alone. On these words, it says in Medrash, or it says in Kabbalah, when it says no man is allowed to be with the king Godl, when into the Kedesh it says, Not only are no physical people permitted to be present, all the Malachim had to clear out. There are angels who occupy the Holy of Holies regularly. Everybody cleared out. And Adam Shalakise. What's Adam Shalakise? Atzilus. Godliness was removed. When the Kayan Godl met the Abishter alone, 
Yom Kippur, it was Yechida meeting Yechida. It wasn't even a Lakus meeting a Lakus. It was Mo'oid meeting Mo'oid. Adam, the Adam Ma'elian, had to clear out the Chedesh HaKadoshim. Yechida v'yidin is meeting the Yechida v'atzmasamus. That's what it says in the Tehidim. It says the Tzemach Tzedek. Asheyasa oisam ha'adam v'chai bohem. So he reads like this. You have to be from. Ushmatem et chukaysa. You should guard the midst the edicts. My judgments. That people do. You should live in them. He translates these words. Listen carefully to You should guard the edicts. That through them you are creating. You are creating other ma'alien. You are creating a lakus. V'chaybahem, and you're making a lakus alive. V'chaybahem means you are adding into what tzilus ain't stuff which is higher than a tzilus. That's how he translates the puzzle. When a yid does teiren mitzvahs, it doesn't only mean you're doing mitzvahs down here. When you do mitzvahs down here, you're doing mitzvahs lamayla. Ashiyasa isam ha'adam. You are creating your teiren mitzvahs adam ha'elyin. V'chai bohem, and you're adding into adam ha'elyin chayis, which is higher than adam ha'elyin. That's what the Samachtzalik translates the Pesach. In other words, in other words, you will know, I hope, that there are ribuy taimiyah mitzvahs. For every mitzvah, there's a half dozen reasons, or a dozen reasons, or two dozen reasons. Correct? And the different reasons for mitzvahs go under different categories. There are ethical reasons for mitzvahs, there are moral reasons for mitzvahs, there are philosophical reasons for mitzvahs, and there are mystical reasons for mitzvahs. What is the mystical reason for mitzvahs? Right? Every time you're doing a mitzvah, you're creating a unity, you're creating a marriage in other and Atzilat. And the Lashna Kabbalah is, Lashna Zayad is, Latkona Rosa When Jews do mitzvahs, they are fixing Hashem's name. Hashem's name goes on Atzilus. And when we do mitzvahs, we're expanding Atzilus, making Atzilus bigger. So the Tehidah says, you should be doing mitzvahs. Because this is making that you are creating, you're creating Kalim of Atzilus. V'chai v'hem, and you're giving them life. In other words, it's not just... That you should do mitzvahs and you should live in your mitzvahs. But the mitzvahs that we do, Kvayochal gives life to Elakus. Elakus lives for the mitzvahs that a yid does. And to be sure, this is the greatest schar. The greatest schar for mitzvahs is that we could experience the gili Elakus, or I don't want to say the greatest schar. It's a significant aspect of schar. When we do mitzvahs, we're expanding the kalim of Atzilus. More light, more in self comes to the kelim of Atzilus, and that's the schad that a yid is accomplishing. He's creating his own schad. A yid to take the mitzvahs is expanding the kelim of Atzilus. And Masad Lover, we're going to experience that schad. If you want to know what the message for today's class is, that you should do take the mitzvahs, and you shouldn't say, Woe is me. You should say, Vachai, baby, do mitzvahs, Lebedic. So much